today on CityCast Denver. So DPS school board member Tay Anderson has had a year. It started off good with the birth of his son, but by March, Tay was embroiled in sexual assault accusations. Denver Public School Board Director Tay Anderson is denying anonymous sexual assault allegations brought forward by the group Black Lives Matter 5280. Denver School Board Director Tay Anderson is stepping aside from some of his duties after a DPS parent accuses him of sexually assaulting more than 60 students. These allegations are- My name is Mary Catherine Brooks Fleming. I'm a small business owner a mother to four children, three of whom attend DPS. And I'm hoping that what I tell you here today will compel you to do something because there's a sexual predator currently targeting DPS students. The school district opened a formal investigation. And all summer long, Tay's life was examined with a fine tooth comb. But in September, the independent investigators announced that they could not substantiate any of the claims. Today, the Denver Board of Education released results from a third-party investigation into sexual misconduct allegations against Director Tay Anderson. The biggest headline is that investigators were not able to substantiate claims that Anderson had sexually assaulted anyone. Denver police say they have finished an investigation into sexual assault allegations against Denver Public School Board member Tay Anderson. The district attorney's office, which got the results of that investigation, will not be filing any charges. Fast forward to today, Tay is suing the people who accused him of sexual assault. Tay Anderson says he doesn't relish the idea of a lawsuit and really doesn't want money, but he does want an apology and accountability from the group Black Lives Matter 5280 and six individuals that he says defamed him with claims that he'd committed dozens of sexual assaults. But he's wrapping up his year with some good news. He was just picked by a brand new fully teachers union backed school board to be its new vice president. And I wanted to talk to him about all of it. And what's next? Today is Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Well, Tay Anderson, welcome to CityCast Denver. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, I mean, I want to talk to you for a lot of reasons, but it's been a couple months since the independent investigation determined that the sexual assault allegations leveled against you earlier this year were unsubstantiated. And now you've filed a lawsuit against the people that were accusing you of this. Can you can you tell me about the lawsuit? I've filed a lawsuit because, um, you know, currently when you have allegations made against you uh, and even though a report uh, has unsubstantiated and exonerated me from those uh, and then you go to the Denver police, same thing there, the Denver district attorney, same thing there. And um, I have been struggling to find employment after the 2021 school board elections. I have been, you know, struggling to provide uh, and maintain uh, a good environment for me and my newborn child. Um, and so my son has to come first. And um, I have even said publicly that if these individuals were to come out and, and admit their wrongdoing and apologize and commit to transformative justice sessions with me, I'd drop the lawsuit. 
because I honestly don't want to continue a lawsuit uh, that's going to be a distraction to the Denver Public Schools now that I'm the vice president of the Denver Public Schools. And I want to move forward and not have our district drug into any more of this drama. We've already had the report released. I have admitted to uh, behavior that was uh, unbecoming of myself as a, as a teenager in 2019, or tw- excuse me, 2018, uh, when I was with the group Never Again Colorado. Uh, and I've admitted to bad judgment calls uh, and taken ownership and uh, moved on and learned lessons. And so there's no reason for us to continue this saga in the Denver community. Can you talk a little bit about how that has impacted your life? I mean, outside of the public stuff, you've mentioned that it's made it harder for you to be employed. Um, what has that experience been like? You know, it's been definitely difficult um, because I have been struggling to find employment, uh, even in the, you know, the most, uh, normal settings as possible. Um, I've even, you know, started looking at just normal minimum wage jobs. And, you know, I had one employer that was just like, oh, we know who you are. And, you know, we just don't want to have any sort of, uh, drama or controversy brought to this space. And so we're just not able to offer you the position. I've had several other positions where I was the sole finalist um, for several positions where th- at the end they decided to move in a different direction and repost the posting um, because of these allegations and what people have put on the news. And then also, you know, the media is complicit um, and they have equally uh, spread misinformation to get clickbait and they still continue to do it. So it's really, I mean, we can say on paper, oh, the, you know, the investigation's been concluded, everything has been cleared, but you're saying that's not the case. This is impacting my life exponentially beyond this. Yes. So when the independent investigation came out, hundreds of students walked out of class um, to protest and call for your resignation, and you obviously didn't resign and instead pledged to rebuild that trust with students. Can you talk about how that's going? Yeah, I've had some restorative justice sessions with uh, various schools amongst the districts, both students and staff, um, been able to hear their concerns, being able to hear, you know, folks uh, and help educate them. Uh, because there are some schools that d- d- walked out and, you know, teachers, I have teacher friends and whatnot, and they called me and they're like, yo, like, you know, the students didn't even know that you were black and that if you were, if they knew that you were a black man with a kid um, and, you know, relatively their age and that it didn't involve like, you know, the, the stuff that you admitted to didn't even involve anything of DPS and it was when you were a teenager, they were like, they wouldn't have walked out. But what the kids were being told, you know, from the grapevine that it was a teacher at East High School that sexually assaulted a student and was still teaching. That was the rumor that was going amongst a lot of schools. And people were like, hell yeah, we need to protest this. And then, you know, there were some folks that were, were that had read the report, made their mind up, and they still went out there. That's on them. I understand that. But that was not the majority of the students. If you watch, you know, the Brother, uh, Brother Jeff show, and he did a live stream down there at the 1860 building and he asked a lot of students and I would say at least 97% of the students that were there didn't even know either one who I was they didn't know anything about the investigation they were like what do you mean what is a what is unsubstantiated mean Uh, some of them said they just went to ditch class Um, and then you had others that were very educated on it and said, like, I still formulated my opinion based on this. And I I wholeheartedly understand and respect that and look forward when those students are ready to have those conversations, looking forward to having them. If they're not, then they're not going to be in that space. And I'm not going to force, you know, my presence on anybody um, if they're not willing to have a conversation because restorative justice requires two parties 
to engage in a, in a, a healthy conversation. So you were elected to the school board in 2019, along with a few other teachers union-backed candidates. And then this year, union-backed candidates won the rest of those seats. Um, that's, that's kind of a huge change for DPS, which was once sort of seen as this trailblazer in the school reform movement. What can we expect from this new board? Putting students first uh, and that adult politics of the school board, we're over that. The, the drama that you've seen over the last six months, we're over that. We're moving forward. You'll be seeing school board members in the schools. You'll be seeing us engage with families on a different level. Tay Anderson won't be the only school board member active on social media anymore. So you'll be able to really have a school board that can connect with you and understands your stories. That's what you can expect. And you can have a school board that truly supports and will allow our superintendent to lead. Teachers, they knew what they were doing when they endorsed us. And, you know, some of us may not have been the most popular uh, board members um, when we were elected or even in our terms. I'm speaking from experience. (laughs) But it really comes down to, you know, over the last two years, I've been able to pass eight policies uh, or resolutions. And so I've been getting the work done. I like when I look back at my campaign website and I'm like campaign promises, majority of my campaign promises, at least 90 percent of them, they're done. So we got a lot of we got a lot of great work done in two years. And now as vice president, I'm going to start stepping back to support our new board members and letting them get their first 100 days in. Let them get their ideas across the finish line, because that's how teams work. We got to uplift each other. And the board of the past that always was in drama That board's gone. This is the board of Denver Public Schools for the future. So outgoing board president Barbara O'Brien recently told Board Hawk that, quote, we tend to drift into adult issues, and I'm worried that there won't be a laser focus on how students are doing. I took a look at your record so far of, like, pushing for all gender restrooms um, and more inclusive curriculums, but I'm not sure what she means. Tate, do you think she's implying that the things you brought to light are adult issues? No, I just, I I say they're human right issues. I mean, I don't believe that. Again, uh, we live in a a country where slavery is abolished um, and that people should be able to be paid for their labor. And so I would hope that somebody with the the amount uh, of privilege that Barbara O'Brien has, she would understand the need and necessity of having a school board that looks like the community that it serves. And so I, I, Barbara O'Brien and I have not seen eye to eye on 90% of the things that have ever been brought up. And so I, you know, as she is now leaving the Denver school board, and I wish her nothing but the best in her future endeavors, but, you know, this school board's going to take it from here because now I'm having to clean up the mess that her and other board members that she served with in the past created for the, for the current climate that we're currently in. And what kinds of things are you are you implying when you talk about cleaning up? Like what what issues are you trying to deal with now that maybe have gotten worse or or that you feel like she's brought to light? Yeah, we we were reintroducing neighborhood schools because the ideology that got her elected was to close down West High School, Montebello High School, Manual High School, um, other schools across the districts at the expense of uh, adding in charter schools across our city and our and, and the county of Denver. And I respect a parent's right to choose what school they want their ch- child to go to. However, it shouldn't be at the expense 
of a neighborhood school that's been in our communities for decades. That's why we have uh, we voted on two resolutions to reopen West High School. It is open this year. They're doing great things, and the Cowboys are riding once again. We're reopening Montbello High School in August of 2022 because Montbello High School was broken up because of the failed policies of the individuals that she served with and that she held the same ideology with. So this is our opportunity to move forward. Uh, and I'm, you know, this now this board is cleaning up those messes, making sure that neighborhood schools thrive again, making sure we're not displacing communities anymore, making sure people understand the board is accessible, and making sure people understand that this school board truly works for community, not those who gave to our campaigns. And you know, just the schools that you've named, there are schools that have traditionally served um, communities and students of color, and I think that that speaks pretty loudly to I mean if someone was like we're going to close East High School can you imagine <laughs> like there would be total uproar it would be insanity um, and I'm personally excited about that focus back on neighborhood schools because I like you have a child who's going to be going to school here in the next couple of years and my dream is for him to go to school in his neighborhood with his neighbors and we're on the Barnum Elementary was on the list of potential schools to be closed so I feel you. Something else I wanted to talk to you about is is something that was really a cornerstone of the work that you've done, which is the issue of school resource officers or cops in schools. Um, and in 2020, the board voted to remove them. But this remains a controversial topic. Are we going to see more change now that the board as a whole seems to be on the same page? You know, I, I think that this is an opportunity for us to reevaluate our district priorities because I still have a question about where the $1 million for our SROs went because some school leaders are saying we still haven't seen any of that money. So that's part of this. You know, we've elected a new treasurer, Director Scott Esserman, to ensure that we can find where the money went for, from the $1 million from ending that contract to get those mental health resources in our schools. We also understand the importance of keeping our schools safe. Denver Public Schools has an amazing campus safety officer team. Uh, we have patrol uh, folks that are basically an, are essentially uh, police officers but do not have the power um, to arrest students or to give them tickets. And so we have a safety mechanism within Denver Public Schools. And there were only 18 school resource officers out of 225 schools in Denver. And they were at majority black and brown campuses. McAuliffe uh, International in Park Hill, 1,600 kids, majority white school, all mental health supports, all restorative justice supports, no SRO. Manual High School, Two miles west, uh, 305 students, SRO, cop car sitting out front, majority 90% black and brown. Um, so this that we, we are seeing about who we are policing. It's not about keeping a, a large group of kids safe. It's about who we are putting those officers with. And I get people probably want their SROs back, and we need to talk about safety because of the rise of shootings that we're seeing in, in our own communities. In Aurora, Colorado, we had you know those two shootings at uh, Aurora Central High School and Hinckley High School. I understand the need of keeping our students safe. I would never want any of our students to, to be put in a position where they do not feel safe within our building. However, policing them is not, the, is not the safety tool that we need. The way that we move forward is by making sure that our schools are equipped with the mental health resources and, and to ensure that we also have the restorative justice resources to prevent these things. So when I talked to Theo Wilson about the accusations against you, he talked about your potential as a politician in this city. And... He really saw big things for you. I wonder if you've thought at all about what's next for you after your term on the board is up. 
Yeah, uh, re-election. That's that's what's next. I mean, I'm the I'm the incumbent vice president of the school board, so I I at this point have full intentions to run for f- another four year term in two years, um, to continue the great work that we are doing. But I, you know, I don't want to. I don't necessarily know if I want to dedicate my life to to politics the entire time, mainly because I don't want uh, Khalil, my son to have to live under scrutiny his entire life because his dad chose a life of public service. Um, so you probably won't see a lot of Khalil on the campaign trail from uh, in 2023. But uh, what I will say is that I have full intentions to run for office again. And if I am defeated, then I, you know, I will go and figure out something else to do and still dedicate my life to public service. Um, but no matter when I exit the school board, if it's in 23 or in 2026, seven, um, I will definitely be looking back on the legacy that I have left for Denver Public Schools. We've made monumental strides forward, and I know that one day when I hear Khalil come home talking about the curriculum that he's learning and talking about the cool African-American and Latinx figures that he's learning about, I know that I was the person to pass that resolution. And I know that he uh, will be able to um, have a better future because of the work that I've done on the Denver School Board um, and also, I think it's going to be pretty cool for him to be able to tell his friends, oh, yeah, my dad is the one who uh, did that. Tay Anderson, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. Less than a month after the safe outdoor space opened in La Alma Lincoln Park, 50 neighbors have filed an appeal challenging the permit for the sanctioned camping site for our unhoused neighbors. According to Denver Business Journal, neighbors are worried about secondhand smoke, noise, outdoor lighting, littering, and pet control. Basically, everything that comes along with living with other people in a neighborhood. The appeal will be heard in court in mid-January. Until then, dozens of unhoused community members will continue to be sheltered at the site. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. I mean, who doesn't get excited when they say their own name? I say my own name all the time to you guys every day and to my baby. I just practice to him. I'm Bree Davies and I'm your mom. <laughs>